Hello, I'm Connor Pope and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, a breakthrough in the decades-long search for Deirdre Jacob. Will the families of the women who disappeared in the 1990s finally find some answers? The last reported contact of 21-year-old Josephine Dollard was when it's claimed she called a friend... The 21st anniversary of the recorded disappearance of Fiona Pender, the 25-year-old Tullamore... The parents of Deirdre Jacob once again today pleaded for help in finding their daughter. Between 1993 and 1998, in the east of the country, eight women disappeared without trace. Their names have become painfully familiar over the intervening years. Annie McCarrick, Deirdre Jacob, Fiona Pender, Kira Breen... Jojo Dullard, Fiona Sinnott, Eva Brennan, Imelda Keenan. Gardaí think that at least some of the women were abducted and murdered by the same person. But no bodies have ever been found and their disappearances remain unsolved. The woodland we're at here today was identified as an area of interest that may be relevant to the investigation. For that purpose today we've commenced a search of that woodland. Now... A large search operation has begun for the body of one of the women, Deirdre Jacob. She went missing in broad daylight in 1998 as she walked home to her house in Newbridge, County Kildare. Yeah, there was unusual activity noticed at the woodland uh, in or around the time Deirdre went missing and based on that uh, we felt, felt it prudent to commence a, a thorough search of the area. Conor Lally is the Irish Times crime editor. Can you tell us a little bit about that search and what Gardaí are hoping to find? Yeah, really the first we heard about this and it came when Garda headquarters indicated there was going to be a search beginning on Monday morning in an area on the border between uh, County Wicklow and uh, County Kildare, about 15 kilometres from Newbridge, an area known as Taggartstown. This area was previously searched as part of the Deirdre Jacob inquiry and obviously Gardaí have now gone back there this week to have a renewed kind of examination of that area. And really they're looking, I suppose they're looking for any evidence really that indicates that there was foul play took place there and specifically that some of these women that vanished back in the 1990s, uh, that they were possibly there. So Gardaí are looking really for anything like, um, you know, clothing, uh, footwear, any kind of, you know, jewellery that, that has been around for the last, you know, 20 odd years that may be at the site. One of the key goals of this particular search is they're looking for human remains. So they will be doing things like, you know, prodding the ground with spikes and so on and then bringing cadaver dogs in to see was there anything buried at that particular location down the years. So that's really what they're at at the moment this week. Um, it's going to be an extensive search. It's going to be, you know, uh, uh, carry on for quite some time. And it's based on information that um, came into the hands of the Gardaí, which basically uh, suggested that there was some suspicious activity uh, in that area around the time that Deirdre Jacob vanished. And can you remind us who was Deirdre Jacob? And how and when did she go missing? Deirdre Jacob was an 18-year-old student from just outside Newbridge in County Kildare. She left her home one day and she had gone into the Bank of Ireland in Newbridge Town to pay for her uh, student accommodation over in the UK. So we have CCTV of her in the bank. She carries out the transaction there. She leaves the bank and then she's walking uh, you know, back home again. Um, her home was just about, uh, about one and a half kilometres outside Newbridge Town and she vanished. 
a huge chunk of our family life uh, came to an abrupt halt in, on the 28th of July 1998. And that chunk of our family life has never moved on. Uh, and uh, it's, it, that is, 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 is very, very difficult to get over. The guards believe she got very close to her home before somebody in a car essentially pulled up, took her against her will from the roadside. The last we know of her is when she left the Bank of Ireland in Newbridge on that day, back in 1988. Um, obviously, it's a long time ago now. There's been quite a high profile case around her. You know, there's been a lot of publicity in those years and the Guardi have kept plugging away at this particular case the whole time. So. Even though a lot of time has passed, I think the uh, Gardaí who have been working on this case for all those years, they are quite hopeful of a breakthrough on it. Uh, but they need more evidence, obviously, and that's what these searches now on the Kildare-Wickler border are all about this week. She wasn't the only woman to disappear in that area around that time. From 1993, several other women went missing, starting with Annie McCarrick, I think. Can you tell us a little bit more about those disappearances? Yeah, I mean, these cases have really become well known uh, down the years in Ireland. You know, they've generated a lot of uh, guard inquiries and an awful lot of um, column inches really in the papers. Obviously, um, the names will be quite well known to a lot of people. Uh, Deirdre Jacob, Annie McCarrick, Jojo Dullard, uh, Fiona Sinnott, Fiona Pender, Eva Brennan and Kira Breen. And really... Their cases were just a pattern, as you say, over time during the 1990s. And um, they all became high profile really because they happened in the east of the country. I mean, not really in the same area, but in the same general area. A lot of their families were very good at keeping their cases in the news and trying to keep you know, pressure on the guards and so on. They were all young women as well. So really, I suppose, public concern began to grow that possibly the same person or the same people were involved in snatching all of these women, killing all of these women. Um, so it did give rise to a lot of concern at the time. And really, um, because of that, they all became known, you know, among the same group of tragic young women who disappeared without trace. Um, one thing they have in common is remains haven't ever been found. So we have no idea what happened to them. Because so many women had disappeared without a trace in such a short space of time and with no clear leads to follow, Gardaí set up a cold case review team that was called Operation Trace. What did that investigation involve and did anything come of it? The short answer to your question is, you know, no evidence has really emerged. And um, certainly as to where their remains are um, and Gardaí also haven't uncovered any evidence that would link their cases really and indeed, in several of the cases, particularly Fiona Sinnott and Fiona Pender and Kira Breen, the guards feel they have a very good idea what happened to those women. Gardy would have a very firm fix on suspects in all three cases. They were men who, who were known to those three women. But what really frustrated those investigations at the time was the Gardy didn't actually have a body. And it's very, very hard to investigate what you believe is a homicide unless you have things like human remains, which obviously mean you may have a crime scene, burial site and so on. 
So once the body isn't found, it's really, really very hard to progress those particular cases. But certainly in the cases of people like Dirty Jacob, Annie McCarrick and Jojo Dullard, um, they are not believed to have been killed by men who are known to them. There's a more, you know, they're more unexplained, if you like. Just how difficult is it to solve a cold case, particularly one where there's no physical evidence, no body and no forensic evidence to rely on? You know, it's very difficult, but it does have to be said that, I mean, law enforcement, both in Ireland and internationally, has gotten better at going back over these cold cases, you know, using things like DNA evidence and so on and solving these cases. So the chances of solving them now, I think, are much higher than at any time in the past. Um, What also tends to happen with these cases is there can be a suspect in a case and perhaps the people who gave that person an alibi, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago was their partner or, you know, whatever, Relationships break down during the intervening years. Families break often break down as well. And certainly in some cases in the past, when Gardy have gone back to people who provided alibis for suspects at the time of you know crimes 20 years ago, those people don't have the same loyalty to the suspects now as they had then. The case can then begin to go in the guard's favour. But certainly, I think with the Deirdre Jacob case, for example, I really feel they'd have to find remains or they'd literally have to find, you know, some of her clothing just in order to prove that it is a homicide and that, you know, something else hasn't happened to her. Um, You can have all the suspects in the world, really, unless you can prove the person was unlawfully killed. It'll be very hard to get a charge over the line against anyone, really. So these cases are hard to solve, but they're not impossible. Coming up, the Deirdre Jacob missing person case is upgraded to a murder hunt and Larry Murphy emerges as the chief suspect. In 2018, almost exactly 20 years after Deirdre Jacob disappeared, the search investigation was upgraded to a murder hunt. What prompted that change in focus? The Gardaí really at the time, I mean, in very general terms, they changed the way they dealt with these types of cases. They were much more inclined to upgrade cases to homicide if they felt there was any kind of evidence at all that the person had been killed. 20 years ago, they would only categorise a crime as homicide if they were absolutely sure. So there was a general change in the way the guards categorised these particular crimes. But there was a very specific reason in the Deirdre Jacob case. Essentially, a man who'd shared a cell with a convicted rapist came forward to the guards and he said that he heard this convicted rapist bragging about the fact that he had dragged a woman off the roadside around the time and place where Theodore Jacob was last seen alive. And Gardy think those reports are credible and they really used that testimony in this particular case to upgrade the case of Theodore Jacob. When the missing persons case became a murder investigation, there was only one main suspect, Larry Murphy from Bolton Glass County, Wicklow. He'd spent almost a decade in prison after being convicted of the abduction and rape of a young Carlo woman in 2000. He had been released from prison in 2010 under the full glare of the media spotlight. There was about 35 or 40 journalists and cameramen camped out opposite the entrance to Arbor Hill Prison here in Arbor Hill Road. Uh, looking across from the prison entrance, there is a bank of camera lenses waiting for Larry Murphy's imminent release. Connor, why did Larry Murphy emerge as the chief suspect? 
Yeah, really with the Dirty Jacob case, unlike any others, Larry Murphy has been named quite a bit as the chief suspect, and he's really the only person that Gardy are looking at. They very strongly suspect that he is the man who can provide them with answers as to what happened to Dirty Jacob. Larry Murphy was convicted for kidnapping and raping and trying to kill a woman in the Wicklow Mountains in 2001. He was released from prison in 2010, having served 10 years of a 15-year sentence. At the time that he walked out of Arbor Hill, I think a lot of people would probably recall there was a scrum of reporters there waiting on him. You know, such was his reputation, if you like. A lot of that reputation was obviously connected to the crime that he carried out and that he was jailed for. But an awful lot of it was around the fact that he had often been named as a person of interest in the Dirty Jacob case. Larry Murphy was a carpenter. He worked around the area where Dirty Jacob lived. The guards believed that he knew the area quite well, that he was also in the area at the time when Deirdre was last seen alive. That was back in July 1998. He'd actually carried out some carpentry work around Newbridge at the time. This was his kind of stomping ground where Deirdre was from. The guards also feel as well that if he hadn't been caught when he attacked the woman in the Wicklow Mountains back in 2001, that he probably would have killed her. He was disturbed by people who were out hunting at that time. So given his reputation, given the fact that he knew the area quite well, he's from the Balthing Glass area in County Wicklow, which is not too far from where uh, Deirdre lived. He was always looked at very closely in relation to Deirdre Jacobs' case. And Gardy have actually interviewed him very briefly once in the UK since he was actually released from prison. So the case is progressing with him very much in mind as the chief suspect. There's been a file has been sent by the guards to the DPP looking to see have they got evidence to charge him with any crimes in relation to Deirdre Jacobs' case. The last I've heard of that is that in recent weeks, the DPP came back querying certain things about the file that the guards had prepared. And now, obviously, we see the searches this week in County Kildare. So that's where it's at. But he is the chief suspect in the case. And really, he's the only suspect in the case. Do we know where Larry Murphy is now? Well, the guards believe that when he was released in 2010, he spent a very short period of time in Ireland. He then left, went abroad. We know he's been working in construction in places like Holland. He worked for a long time in the UK. So he's really been traveling, uh, it seems, between the UK and continental Europe. I mean, his profile here is just too high. Everyone would kind of, you know, know, know him and so on. Obviously, it was big news when Gardaí announced that they were searching these County Kildare woodlands. What prompted that search? The Garda's inquiry into the Deirdre Jacob case has been ongoing now for over 20 years. And the information that prompted the search this week isn't new. I mean, the guards have actually had it for quite some time. Somebody from the area came forward and said that there was suspicious activity in that particular location at the time Deirdre vanished. So guards have examined this area before and they've just gone back now to carry out a more thorough job. Since then, they have also come in to information from a source that knew the chief suspect, Larry Murphy, quite well. And that source has claimed Larry Murphy dragged Deirdre into a car as he pretended to pull over and ask directions from her. The guards have been told that when Deirdre leaned into the front window of the car to point out a location on a map, that she was dragged into the vehicle and that she caused so much of a stir, she tried to fight back to an extent that they believe Larry Murphy killed her there and then, or, you know, shortly after he picked her up, and that he would have had to dispose of her remains very quickly. 
on the basis of that, any report that there would be suspicious activity in an area close to where Deirdre was last seen alive, that would obviously be very relevant for the guards now. So that's why they've gone back there this week. Do we know how long this search is likely to last and what kind of challenges a search of this nature might present? In these cases, these searches can go on for several weeks. I mean, we saw a search uh, a couple of years ago for Trevor Dealey's remains, and that went on for, I think I can recall, for two weeks. So this search operation could go on for quite some time. The guards will generally seal off an area. Team of Guardi will go and do a walkthrough to see can they find any obvious evidence. They will do things like then scan the ground with specialist kit to see if any holes have been dug there. So really, that's what they will spend the next week or two probably doing is, you know, scanning the earth, excavating certain areas, bringing, you know, specially trained guarded dogs in as well to try and unearth anything that is there. But as I say, we have gone down this road before in these types of high profile cases. Obviously, these searches will raise the hopes of families all the time. And so far, they haven't really led to any breakthrough. But if I was to pick any of the cases that I think may be solved, I think it's the Deirdre Jacob one. They have a very firm suspect. They have testimony from several people who claim to have very specific information about the case. And if they could find trace of Deirdre where she was brought to or where she died, I really think based on that information, they could get the DPP to approve a charge against the chief suspect in the case. For more than a quarter of a century, in some instances, the families of the women who went missing have been searching for their loved ones, or at the very least, they've been searching for answers as to what happened to them. Do you think they'll ever find those answers? And do you think the disappearances have had a broader impact on Irish society, given their profile? Well, I suppose the last part of that question first, I mean, I do think these types of cases probably understandably generate a lot of fear. If we look at the women who formed Operation Trace. They were all young women who just completely vanished off the face of the earth. You know, there was no trace of them found whatsoever. And the families are obviously left behind, left to kind of, you know, wonder what happened to them. Did they die in very painful circumstances? Were they very fearful at the time? It's obviously very, very hard for people. And I do think these cases, as I say, understandably generate quite a lot of fear. Will these cases be solved, I suggest the vast majority of them won't be solved, no. And I think in most of these cases, once the parents of the people die, the campaigns that have kept these cases in the news would probably fade away. That's the sad truth. But as I say, I just think the Deirdre Jacob case may be the one that the guards crack. I think they have a lot of work done. People have come forward. They've given a lot of evidence to the guards. And I just think this is the one that could be cracked by the guards. Well, let's hope so. Connor Lally, thank you very much for talking to us. That's it for today. In the News will be back soon wherever you get your podcasts.